So basically what a bot does is um, it increases the speed of add to checkout okay. a lot quicker. So if let's say if I was to compete with a bot, it would have 10 successful purchases before I even have one. Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Hey, what's up, folks? Ty from Breaker Culture. Uh, proud members of the BenchClear Media team. If you're not following BenchClear Media, shame on you. Go to benchclear.us or follow us uh, all over social media, youtube.com forward slash benchclear. You'll see all of the great episodes from uh, the whole crew. We got podcasts, we got YouTube shows, uh, you name it. We're, we're covering a wide spectrum of, of content. So I hope you enjoy that. Now, today I have a, a fascinating conversation with you. Look, my, my job is to help you as the listener become more informed and Sometimes that means crossing into the areas that uh, can be a little bit divisive, a little bit uh, uh, controversial. And today is definitely one of those topics. Today is the topic of sports card bots and cook groups and cook group monitors. You're probably thinking, what the heck is Ty talking about? And uh, trust me, that's uh, those are new terms for me too. Um I am in no way advocating that you gravitate towards this path, but uh, a lot of people f- are frustrated, right? When you go and try to buy things on Target, Walmart, you know, Panini, Tops, whatever, and you're getting uh, you're getting canceled out by all of these bots that are scooping up product, and um, I don't. It's not going away. It's not going away. And so I I uh, interacted with a gentleman named Roman who who manages a larger cook group. Um, and again, you'll get all this explained to you here in a minute. Uh, and I just said, Hey man, like I I would love for you to explain to the audience what's really happening behind the scenes in this world and help us understand kind of the, the, the folks that have come from the sneaker world, uh, the sneaker heads and how they've kind of migrated and evolved into the, uh, sports car world. And what does that look like? And what, what are, what are normal folks competing against? And, uh, he does a great job of just laying that out for us. And um, look, we're, we'll talk about where you can find him and his group and all that stuff. But again, you, they, I, I am in no way saying go check him out or, or uh, it's completely stupid. I just want you to know what's happening. And then you can take that information and do with it what you want. Okay. Uh, because I think we have to be educated. We have to know kind of the new folks coming into the hobby. Where's their mind at? How are they approaching this? And, uh, and then you can decide how that's going to affect your buying and selling habits. Okay, um, so enjoy the conversation with Roman. Roman was an awesome guest, very well-spoken college dude out of New York who's got a fascinating background. I really do appreciate Roman uh, giving us some time. Um, before we jump into that, be sure to go check out benchclear.us for newer articles, breakerculture.com for newer articles, and go check out Pastime Marketplace for any storage needs that you have for your graded cards. You're sending in getting your subs back from PSA or BGS or SGC. Pastime Marketplace does a phenomenal job of giving you portable cases and allowing you to uh, store those cases in a very slick and efficient manner. And uh, I I use them. I love them. I got plenty of cards in there (laughs) stored across 
uh, my closets, organize uh, for my personal collection. Uh, go check out Pastime Marketplace. Links in the show notes and use code BENCHCLEAR for 10% off. Also, if you're not using Starstock, go check out Starstock. Uh, I have been advocating for Starstock because I am incredibly frustrated with eBay. Uh, I'm sure many of you are too. Uh, getting a lot of the uh, oops, my grandma bid uh, for on this card, I can't pay. Or, hey, uh, sorry, I didn't get my paycheck this week. I can't pay. Uh, I get four or five of those a week on eBay, and I am just tired of it. So I've started to shift a lot of my graded sales and inventory over to Starstock, and I have not regretted it one bit. It is a, it's really a true marketplace. Buy, sell, very quick and easy. You don't have to worry about uh, buyer's remorse. They do a great job of getting your, your, your submissions in there very quickly. I mean, within a few days. And uh, look, there's a lot of things they need to tweak and they're working on it. Scott's uh, is open ears when it comes to that. And I appreciate that. But I, I absolutely think you need to check out Star Stock and start shifting some of your inventory over there, especially during seasons like football when you want to buy and sell quickly. Um, go use Bench Clear, the code Bench Clear there, and you will get $5 free. Your first deposit, you'll get an extra $5 to go buy a card. Go do what you want with it. Um, again, go sign up at Star Stock. Make your deposit, whatever it is, and enter code BENCHCLEAR, and you get five extra bucks. Why not, guys? Why not? You'll, uh, I guarantee you'll find some good deals. All right? Enjoy this conversation with Roman. Thank you so much for making some time. So a little bit of background. So you and I met over Discord. And you reached out and started blowing me away with all these terms that I had no idea about from sneaker world to card world. And I said, holy crap, you and I got to talk. You gotta hey, thanks for, thanks for having me on here. Appreciate <laughs> it. Um, yeah, man, thanks for, giving, thanks for giving us some time. So you're, you're in New York, right? You're, you're a college student, going to be heading to China next year. My yeah. gosh. Yeah. What's your, what's your story, man? Give us a little bit of background. Um, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Ukrainian nationality, uh, was born here, um, kind of raised, you know, to immigrant parents. So until the age of five, I basically lived with my grandparents in Ukraine. Um, then I came back here. So, you know, hardworking family. Um, I, I always had like this entrepreneurship type of way when I was maybe like 11. Um, I got into the sneaker game and I was passionate about that, you know, at like a young age. You know, just like buying and flipping stuff. It was like almost like in my blood, like the, the DNA. Like I loved it. Um, then I slowly into high school, you know, I uh, transitioned a little bit into e-commerce. Uh, I found a steady job, um, which I'm currently still working at for e-commerce, um, like a consultant for a brand. Um, and I just recently got into this whole sports cards thing. And, um, you know, with the transition of like the sneaker groups and all that stuff. And uh, I absolutely love it. Amazing. Is that Gary V inside your body? Because it sure sounds like <laughs> maybe, maybe future. That's awesome. Very cool, man. So you you were living in Ukraine. You were five with your grandparents, yep. and then your parents brought you back to the states where they were. Yeah, because you know it's um my parents came here in 1999. I was born in 2002. So um you know like immigrant parents didn't have much opportunity, much capital. And having a child is a priority and expense. So it's something, you know, they had to do for kind of build up 
and then once they were stable, I came back here and they provided me with a great future, which I'm thankful for. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, interesting. Do you speak any other languages except for? Yeah, I speak uh, Ukrainian. Ukrainian was, English is actually my third language. Uh -huh. uh, I speak Ukrainian fluently, Russian fluently, um, and a bit of Polish. Okay. Do I'm assuming you Ukrainian and Russian? Do they overlap a little bit, or are they completely different? Um. Yeah. So, um, if I was like to speak to a, a Russian person in Ukrainian, they would understand me like sixty to eighty percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Got Same it. Same thing with Polish. Like you know, Polish and Ukrainian are also very similar. <laughs> Interesting. It's like the uh, the French Spanish thing, right? And the uh, yeah, the French, uh, yeah. Cantonese thing, a little overlap. Yep. Cool. Do you so? Do you speak? What do you? What's the primary language in the house? Um, Ukrainian. Okay. Yeah, we're like hundred percent Ukrainian. Amazing, amazing stuff, man. Well, cool. So, being in New York, then are you have you gravitated towards New York teams? Are you are you fans of? of New York players? What's, what's kind of your sports? Uh, all right. So <laughs> I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one, but I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan for football. <laughs> okay. And, Why? um, for basketball, uh, I grew up watching basketball and I was a huge fan of Lob City. Okay. Clippers. If yeah. for those of you guys who don't know, it was DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Paul. It was literally like a beautiful show to watch. Um, but at, at a certain point when I did, like, uh, early high school, I did gravitate away from basketball um, towards football. But now I'm, I'm heavily getting back into it because of sports cards. Yeah. So it, right now I wouldn't say I have a favorite team because I kind of look based on my portfolio. That's who I cheer on. And, you know, my card portfolio is stacked out across every team for every young talent and even veterans. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Philadelphia Eagles fan in New York. Yeah, that can't be easy. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming you can't wear your Eagles gear to school and, and, and not get a hard time. Exactly. <laughs> love it. All right. So let's step back into the, the sneaker world for a minute here. I, I love for you because I, I, I'm going to just I'm going to venture to guess that a lot of people listening probably don't have a good understanding of what happens in the sneaker world and really where the overlap has taken place between the sneaker world and the card world. Yeah, um, I kind of, I'll kind of give you guys a breakdown Involved right now. Involved in what it's like right now. Yeah, I'll give you guys a breakdown. So basically, how the sneaker market mostly works is it's uh, quick flips in terms of where in cards, if you buy a card, it might be a couple months hold or a year hold. Um, mm. So sneak, so sneakers is mainly, you know, it's a limited drop, just like cards. These, I, I would kind of compare it to same as like a panini drop, right? You know, you have your couple panini drops a month for different sports. Same thing you have with uh, um, sneakers or I would even say like Supreme and Kith, all that stuff. Mm. Um, so a major change in the past years has been StockX. StockX has been a platform for resellers to sell. And another reason why cards have seen such a boom is StockX has added the ability to sell cards. So Interesting. Yeah, so now you kind of have like, you know, like the sneaker community seeing that, oh, like you could flip cards. Um, but basically how this, the whole sneaker stuff works is, you know, you have, um, in order to be successful, I would say you need to be in a cook group. So what a cook group provides is it uh, kind of provides you all the information 
that you need to know um, in order to the, use the term cook. Term cook is how like a successful checkout or successful purchase. Um, so for example, uh, even like micro group, we provide monitors. Um, um, what a monitor does is it announces when a like release is dropping, uh, how much stock it has, how hard it will be get and kind of expected price you want to get it at and then expected re uh, resale. So that's also what it does. And then um, there are, there is one cook group on the market which does provide um, its own bots. But other than that, most of the bots are something that you have to kind of invest in yourself on the other hand. And the bots definitely help you a lot when it comes to making the successful purchase. Interesting. Okay. So we, we have a ton to dive into here. So what, what, in terms of sneakers, so you say limited drop, what, what is a typical print run for the for sports car term? What's the print run of a sneaker typically? Th um, thousands? You know, it, tens of so thousands? It could be some sneakers drop in specific states and specific countries. So that makes it become limited. Some of them uh, drop only in specific, um, uh, apps like there's like a sneaker app that it's completely free you can try to get it there they have exclusive drops but most of them i would say it once it, you know it could range from like 2000 quantity to half a million to a million and once again the the more limited the drop the greater um the, the lower chance you have of, of getting it right. but also the higher chance you have of resale interesting so Again, I don't even want to act like I know anything about sneakers, but I feel like guys that I've known that have been in the sneaker market for years, you know, five years ago, didn't see the flip opportunities. It was more of, hey, I'm going to store up these because I think they're going to be valuable down in the long term. But it seems like now you go and snag some of these sneakers, like you're flipping them on the secondary market almost immediately for a profit. Is that kind of the game? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll even give you an example. Um, my mom's a nurse and she's a manager. and one of her workers under her, he's uh, like a, also an uh, RN, mm -hmm. and he makes actually most of his income reselling Supreme and sh uh, shoes, like flipping. Interesting. So, yeah, so like, you know, this is like if, if you really invest, um, you know, your time into this and it's very possible and like you're fully dedicated and you have capital. Capital is like the number one thing you kind of need if you want to go big with this you have the chance to make possibly six figures a year or maybe like like low six figures, high five figures. Gotcha. So let, let's walk through kind of a, a typical process then. If, if I was wanting to get into sneakers, which I'm absolutely not wanting to do, but I'm sure there's people that are itching to do this. You you figure, okay, I got I to gotta get into a cook group. And for those that didn't understand what he was saying at the beginning, Roman, C-O-O-K, cook group. Yep. That group is going to help you kind of navigate the waters if you will of the sneaker world there'll be monitors inside that group that help you understand the details of releases print runs all that stuff correct yep and you know, answer any questions um kind of guide you basically the best for you to cook <laughs> holy crap okay um all right so uh, i'm assuming a monitor is an actual person is that a fair no statement? no okay Yep. So uh, even in my group, uh, a monitor is so this is like where it gets, you know, very crazy. Um, it's all coded uh, bots. So okay. what it does is um, 
I'll give an example of how our monitor works. Uh, we kind of put in the link for uh, restocks. We're currently running restock monitors. Um, so whenever there's like a restock on, let's say, mosaic basketball, uh, mosaic football, you know, hobby boxes, uh, absolute, even Pokemon now, um, the second it re, uh, restocks, my group gets a notification on Discord. And yeah. from there, you know, they have the option to, it shows how much quantity is restocking. And they sh uh, it gives you like a purchase link and you click the link. And, um, you know, that's where it gets competitive because of bots now, when it gets into cards. I'll talk about that later. Got it. So a monitor is is a bot that has been set up by you and your cook group. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we, um, you know, it's set up by my team. You know, we do have an in-person team who does the coding stuff. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's some of the IP. That's some of the value, maybe some of the substantial value you get in a cook group is that you're going to get kind of the real-time information about release. Yeah, correct. Right. Okay. Got it. Okay. So the monitor will announce things and inside this group and, and uh, whether it's sneakers or cards, you can then use that information to go out and, and make your purchases and make decisions. Then you can take it a step further if you wanted to and have a bot, your own bot. Is that fair? Yep. To go do what? You're purchasing for you? Yeah. So basically what a bot does is um, it increases the speed of add to checkout. Okay. A lot quicker. So if, let's say, if I was to compete with a bot, it would have 10 successful purchases before I even have one. That's how quick it is. Um, and I'll, I'll give you guys an example of some of the bots. Um, these are bots exclusive for Walmart and Target. Um, they could also be used for foot sites uh, and like Supreme and all that stuff for sneakers. But they are also used for, um, you know, when there's a restock on uh for like any panini product or football basketball it's uh phantom and ev what do those words mean so those are the bot names oh gotcha gotcha okay yep. so <laughs> it's crazy crazy world so phantom and eb so are those when you say bot names um are those like the creators of the bot or it's the company it's an actual company got it okay yep. Okay. So let's say there's somebody who pops into the group and says, Hey, I, I want to set up a bot that goes out and monitors target site for, you know, X product or whatever. Right. I would then, I would then work out a contract with Phantom or EB to build me a bot. Is that what's happening? No. So, um, they already have a built bot Got it. and what they do is they sell limited copies. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. But the thing is, you know, um, in order to keep their market afloat and, you know, they understand as well, like saturation and kind of avoid the thing that, uh, baseball, like, uh, basketball cards did in like the nineties, which is overproduced. Yep. Um, so what they do is they keep limited stock for bots and the same thing with cook groups. It's, um, I'll give you an example, um, two great cook groups, uh, notify and AK chefs, they are sold out every month because you know, they understand they can't have, you know, 10, 20,000 people in it. So they keep limited stock to one to 2,000. Got it. Okay. Um, interesting. So joining a cook group is limited in most cases. And, and then once you get in there, you're going you're gonna to have the same access to these monitors that everyone does, but your ability to access a bot 
will then also be limited depending on what you can pay for. Right. Your- so it all depends on your, um, but like your budget and how, how really committed you are to this. So I would definitely say it's possible to make a couple hundred bucks in a sneaker group, um, without a bot. You know, you won't, but you won't be able to hit like the huge, like even like, I would even say like a thousand dollars a month in uh, revenue or profit because you're competing with everyone in the group who has a bot. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. So what, give me an idea of kind of price ranges for bots these days. What are people paying? This is, this is going to blow your mind. Um, So the cheapest, um, there is one on the market, which is dropping soon for specifically cards, which um, I don't want to like vouch for them. I need to do more research on them, uh, which is Zaysbot. Uh, it is a mobile bot, but I do believe they are dropping something for um, like the computer. But if I'm wrong, you know, it's, I apologize, but they are starting at 200 bucks uh, down payment mm-hmm. and then a monthly fee. Okay, which is uh, what? When, a couple hundred bucks a uh, month type thing or? It's, it's like 50, so like 20 to 50 and nothing crazy. Gotcha. And then um, these are like where the big boys are like Phantom, Eevee. So Phantom is uh, 1200 to purchase. So $1,200. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do get a lifetime access to it, I believe. And Eevee is around 500 All the top Got of my it. head that I can remember. Um, and, you know, there are like sneaker bots which um, sell for like 5000 literally just to get a bot. Interesting. So, so let's say a guy like me says, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to purchase the phantom bot for 1200 bucks and that's lifetime access. And that depending on what phantom is focusing on and, and whether it's Walmart target, whatever, uh, I can count on them continuing to modify their bot to, to meet my needs as things yeah. change. Cause obviously like these companies are, Panini and Tops and Walmart and Target, they're changing their algorithms and the way they like they allow bots to purchase things, but the bots are just changing just as fast. Is that correct? Yep, that is correct. So, you know, when you pay high dollar, you get high support, basically. You know, uh, they, they have a team constantly working. So um, as far as I know, Target kind of literally gave up on when it comes to bots. They're <laughs> just like, because literally Target has been getting cooked heavy by bots uh walmart not so much walmart is trying to do some stuff to avoid bots you know they try to put like api uh keys and um like the captcha but it's still getting completely demolished all of these sites wow so what what are the limits then let's say someone had a bot and and i'm trying to put i mean obviously look you you've seen the forums and sports cards like everyone's trying to figure out their place in this whole process of getting cards on Panini and Top site, what what is the limit for a guy? So if someone purchases a bot and says, "Hey, I want to go get you know Prism off the line on Panini's site, and I want to use my bot to do it," is there caps on what the bot will be able to get you? So or? here's the thing: um, there is no specific bot for Panini America yet, but. There will, there, be, there will definitely be something very soon. But what people have been using is private scripts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even sure if you're familiar. I think like two weeks ago, they dropped like the small pack of um, Panini Mosaic Football. Uh-huh. 
my whole group went for it manually. None of us were able to get it. It got destroyed by like script. Right. So, to help other, help the listeners understand what a private script is for the non technical. Uh, a private a private script is basically if you're really good at coding, yep. and um, but you're not good enough to make a bot, but you can make a script for yourself, which basically kind of says it as soon as this item is in stock, the computer will automatically add it to cart, automatically check out. So all you do is just sit back and watch the show. <laughs> so it's like a poor man's bot. I think of like the movie Real Steel, you know, and the guy that's all squeaky mm-hmm. and not quite ex- modern enough to fight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you could say it's like a yeah, it's like something, you know, like one of those like something that you build in a garage. <laughs> that's that's the best way to compare to it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Got it. Um so uh, when it comes to bots though, um there this is like where it gets mind blowing. You could literally hit like a like Ten to a hundred boxes with on one a, bot. On, with one bot. Yep. If if you have a really good bot and you have really good proxies, proxies. I'll get to it in a bit. Okay. And okay. you know, think think about the math. Um, you know, you get like let's say ten boxes of Panini Prism football. Um, let's say they just you know we don't I don't think we know the value the price on it yet, but like at a hundred. You spend uh, ten thousand, but you make back uh, like thirty, fifty thousand. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think anyone's debating the fact that there's crazy margins, and the people that are getting their hands on product are the ones that have the advantage. Uh, interesting. So when you get a bot, then so if you can get ten to a hundred, the way you're setting up the bot is it's it's is it running it all through your own? You have to have separate credit cards. How does that? How does it smart yeah. enough? Get around um, that system. So it's uh, one credit card per person. Well, I mean, like basically, you know, if I was to run a bot for myself, it would yep. just go through my, uh, you know, credit card or um, I, I use debit person, uh, which I mean, I should use credit. That's <laughs> something I have to kind of work out. But, um, you know, it's kind of set up one card. There is also an option to run slots, which kind of people mostly do for friends. So basically, imagine I had a bot and you told me, hey, like, can you run slots for me? And what it is, is you would pay me like a down payment of like, you know, like a hundred bucks. You tell me your credit card uh, info. Usually you could trust these people. Well, make sure you got to make sure you trust the person beforehand because, you know, they do have your, like your information and they run slots for you. And they basically tell you like, look, you drop like, you know, 50 bucks and I caught you like four boxes of Panini Prism football, which is a pretty good investment. And you do have to pay for the product. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, interesting. Okay, so you mentioned proxies. Proxies are essentially like you're accessing a VPN and it's masking your IP address, right? So it thinks you're coming yeah. from different spots. Correct. Yep. Okay. Got it. So the so a bot would then be smart enough to not only s- manipulate your card information, create slots, but also create proxies. So it's it's throwing off, you know, Target, Walmart, Panini, whatever, making it think that you're coming from all over the place. Yeah. When it gets if. For like anyone listening, if you guys are like really, uh, you know, since this is a big purchase, please do your research beforehand. Um, you know, there's like a bunch of free YouTube videos or you can even contact my team and I. Um, you could also, what I suggest is you could rent a bot for like a week. So I suggest you rent the bot, play around with this, see if you actually like it before, you know, you make the big purchase commitment. Crazy. Craziness. Yeah. And 
look, this again, this is going to be new to a lot of people. I want to, I want to just inform folks to know this is, this is what you're competing against when you're trying to go out and purchase things on your own. Like it's highly sophisticated technology. Now, um, we can come back to some of this here in a minute, but I know you have experience. You're going to be going overseas for college. Um, we mentioned, we talked about this before we, we jumped on, but there's a lot of international money coming into the sports car world, specifically China. Yeah, I would correct, assume correct. The Chinese folks are using bots like crazy. What are you seeing in your world in terms of the international diversification of, of buyers? So, um, you know, this is kind of like, something that you don't really see until you experience it firsthand. Um, so I have been to China before I even, uh, you know, decided to go and I've been to Thailand and all that stuff. And you realize like how much these people, like they love basketball. Yep. Um, and we kind of forget that China, there um, is a diversity between lower class, but the wealthy do have a lot of money. And a fact about, um, the Chinese is since they are still in uh, a communist country, they don't like to keep their money in um, banks because if God forbid something happens, they lose all of it. Um, and that's why you see a lot of uh, like, you know, their nationality buy up real estate because they dump all of their money into uh, assets. So something God forbid does happen, you know, they don't lose their money, but it's, it's there in terms of investments. Right. And you could look at sports cars the same exact way. Got it. So you're seeing a lot of folks from overseas being very interested in pouring money into sports cars because they view it as, first off, they love basketball. And second, they view it as an asset that they can actually hold in their hands and the government can't potentially take away. Correct. Got it. So are you seeing a lot of these folks enter cook groups, maybe your cook group and, and trying to use bots to kind of do handle all this for themselves. Is that, uh, you know, I actually have not seen that yet. Okay. Um, uh, I have, we do have a couple people in my group from Australia. Uh, we do have one person from the Philippines, I believe. Um, or, and then one person from New Zealand. So like, you know, different time frame whatsoever, but it's, it just shows that the card market is existing. Not United States. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. And even if you go on eBay, you know, you could often see like shipping from like Taiwan or um, all of these kind of Asian countries. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Um, okay. So I'm curious though, you, you obviously, you see it from the, the buyer side in terms of like acquiring product and then flipping it on the secondary market. A lot of these folks entering the market aren't entering as collectors. They're not entering. Uh, that's that's somewhat of a fair statement. A lot of folks are entering it because they want to they want to make money. Right. Do you feel yeah. like the crazy growth right now is is able to sustain itself um, at the at the rate it's going right now? You feel so. Uh, here here's what I think. I think this is a good thing and also a bad thing. Okay. Um, so I'll start off with the bad thing. Okay. Uh, so, you know, sneaker people, like, uh, they're always used to flipping products. So, you know, they buy it and they sell it. What we are seeing right now is, yeah, the sneaker, I'll, I'll use like uh, football mosaic as an example. Um, you know, they're able to get it at 20 and they try to flip it at 40. 
However, we are seeing that the boxes are not moving as heavy as they want. So when it comes back to supply and demand, there is a lot of supply, but the demand is not as much as you would think. So a lot of times, you know, you have like these sneakerheads who literally buy up like a bunch of boxes and then they have a kind of sitting on eBay for a month or two, which is something they're not used to. Hmm. So uh, a suggestion that I, you know, I even have is you may want to hold these for a long term. Got it. So do you, do you feel like um, when you say demand is not as high um, six months ago, that probably wasn't a, an argument, but now you're starting to see, like you said, a lot of things are sitting out on eBay. Do you feel like you're seeing in, in your groups and stuff, frustration set in and folks realizing they can't sit on capital that long or is there yeah, a- for, sh- for sure um you know when i kind of whenever like my group kind of talks to me about this i just tell them like listen guys this is more like it's different from sneakers because this is more of an investment and at the end of the day you can't you don't have to solely rely on flipping boxes to make money which is kind of why i i'm really sticking to cards because that's where i get i'll get into the con uh, I mean, the pro of uh, everything that's happening, but you know, literally sit on cards. You don't have to sit on boxes and just hope when you could literally sit on a player whose value depends on his performance, which isn't something that you have with sneakers. You know, uh, a, Nike can't, a Nike shoe can't drop like 30 points and make like highlight reels. <laughs> uh, very true. Very true. Okay. How How many... What percentage of folks would you say in your group are actually opening the cards they get? Ooh, hmm. A lot of my folks try to do breaks. Okay. In, so, in terms of like creating their own group break? Is that what you uh, mean? Yeah. So when, when you're uh, in my group, you know, you, you kind of have like the freedom to host a break. You could use my Discord audience um, as long as you just do it specifically in the Discord. Um, but breaks, breaks are a good way to kind of get rid of the box if it's not moving. Another, yep. and a good way to make, you know, between like 20 to even like a hundred dollars, uh, per break, depending on how many boxes or which one you open. That's a great way. Um, another thing that, uh, I, I strongly suggest that people do sit on the boxes unless they, on they, unless those people do enjoy opening. I would say it's a 50-50%. You have some people who hold, some people who flip. I mean, who open, which is which is good for the market. Absolutely good for the market. Yeah, uh, I would have thought that would be, be much, much higher. But I think it's one of those things, right, where you probably have folks that once they crack it and they realize this is like a, a scary, addictive drug, then exactly. it's hard to sit on product. But if those that are <laughs> have the willpower to not open, they, they, they can maybe continue doing it. Um, I can't like, tell you. I'm sitting on uh, two Panini black basketball bo- hobby boxes, uh, <laughs> which uh, just, they're just like, you know, just sitting there. Like, I want to open it so bad. But at the end of the day, I know like the chances of me pulling a Zion hero or like a jaw are very slim. So you kind of have to calculate how much you're willing to risk. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you one bit. Where would you say 
folks that are selling product, which marketplace do they gravitate to the most? I'm assuming eBay is obviously the de facto standard. And then what, what would you say is kind of option two, three, four for folks? Um, I recently, I have been telling my uh, group to, if, if they have a good eBay rating, they could try to post on myslabs.com. Are you familiar with it? I am. Yep. Yep. So my slabs is great. You know, only 1% fee. So it kind of comes down to also your fees. You know, eBay takes 10%, um, which is takes a big chunk of your profit. Yep. So, do, so does uh, StockX also takes a big chunk. The best platform is uh, MySlabs if you want to avoid all that stuff. Or try to sell in Facebook groups, Discords, uh, other large Discords, you know, just to avoid the fees. Got it. Um, interesting. So you, you didn't say StockX, you didn't say StarStock, you didn't say ComC. Those outside of StockX, those are really for people that are opening product and trying to sell their individual cards. Yeah, uh, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Com uh, ComC. Like, yep. Yeah, ComC. Uh, just by the way that it's like laid out and yep. you can't really tell the grade necessarily. StarStock as well. Um, StarStock is good if you're like trying to do like quick of football uh yep. you know especially like with the season right now it's football is like a like i would never like expected this like market to move like that <laughs> football has been nuts um but uh you know if you're selling slabs the best or even raw cards and it's either i suggest ebay or my slabs Interesting. Now that's that's uh that's really the first person I've had on the show that has really advocated for my slabs. So that's definitely something folks should should go check out if that's been working for you guys. And even even if you're buying, um, it's great because you pay the price you see most of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go to eBay, yeah, you you get a card for fifty, and then you got tax, and then you have shipping fee, and then you have eBay fee, so it comes out to like sixty. On yeah, my on my slab, you see a card for two fifty. You pay two fifty. Got it, got it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now as you're talking. Pretty uh, it's 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 more sophisticated than it was three months ago. Even it's looking yeah. a lot. Very cool. MySlabs.com. I like it. Um, okay, so so tell me then, because I think a lot of people in the sneaker world uh, would say to some degree, StockX kind of cannibalized this, the sneaker market. It's, it's made it really hard to be successful. Do you think that's true or, or what's kind of your stance on StockX and how it's evolved the sneaker market? I think um, the, the sneaker community and overall resale community love StockX okay. because it's, a, it's kind of a gateway for automatic, um, it's, it's niche, I would say it's like niche secluded. So, Okay. It's the place, like, if you know, hey, it's, like, Christmas, I want to get, like, my girlfriend or, like, my brother, like, some Supreme, right? You go to StockX. Mm. So, you see you see the switch, like, people aren't selling as much as, like, on eBay as they used to maybe, you know, four or five years ago. But now, if you're looking for that stuff, you, you like, you're looking for the resale stuff, you know you want to go to StockX. Yeah. Do you feel like StockX is doing a good job trying to enter the card community? trying to make oh, their um StockX, yeah they're doing great um i i don't know how many uh users they do have on um in terms of card community mm -hmm. but i do have a theory <laughs> tell uh, me more this is, this is a hot take 
So um, we know that one of the current frustrations that like our, we as a card community have is the turnaround time with PSA. Uh, I think that it's very possible that StockX might start grading their own cards or even should up buy out PSA. Uh, yeah, that's an extremely hot take. Yeah, very hot take. <laughs> just, just throwing it out, very hot take. You heard it here first. Roman says StockX buying PSA, Collector's Universe. Um, interesting. What, what makes you think that? Why do you think they would want to own that process? So, um, you know, they, you see them heavily uh, transitioning into cards. And I feel like if, if not necessarily maybe buy out PSA, if they do start great, creating their own grading company or even not grading company, just grade by StockX, I think they do have five distribution centers around the, the world or even in the United States. So they would be able to get you a card in within two weeks compared to six months from PSA if you do 45 day sub. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, I would, I would probably disagree with that, but that's an interesting take for sure. The, the one thing like when I do consider this is I would, it would be interesting how the market would fluctuate towards it. Would it have like the same grade as SGC or, you know, how people would want to buy them out? Yeah, well, my response to that is I, I think I think it's already hard enough for people to figure out what the crap, what the standard is and where to go and what a true gem mint is. And I right. feel like if you add a fifth grading vendor, it only becomes more convoluted. But you never know, right? You streamline you something, you make it better, you make it more efficient, you make it more accessible. Uh you just never know how the market's going to respond. Um, with that said, do you, do you feel like do you feel like there's any do you feel like for the most part your folks in your group gravitate towards PSA for their grading, or are you seeing more folks go to SGC and more folks go to you know B, BGS? Oh yeah, um, I even suggest people always go to PSA, even if it's something that you have kind of have to sit on. It's totally worth it because if you look at um you know. If so, if you have a really high ranked card, yeah, I do suggest you go to you know uh, Beckett, especially even if you have an autograph, because yep. that's just gonna increase the value a ton. But if you're just doing you know your quick uh, like six month investment, like buying up cards now, or even October November, sending to PSA and then w like getting ready for the basketball season, I strongly suggest PSA. It's it's just um you know they have the most kind of rank in the basketball and football world. Yep. Uh, I'm with you. So I, I would have said six months ago that I think the gap between PSA and BGS closes a little bit because back in March, it was like 60% of the transactions of graded cards was PSA on eBay and 40% was BGS. It's grown to like 75, 25 yeah, agreed. and the more I see the way things are being optimized and the way PSA is handling, I bet it grows to like eighty-five, fifteen. That yeah, I agree with you. So I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, P PSA has got a system down right now. I, I, despite all their delays, they're they're they've been pretty impressive. I feel like. Oh yeah, for sure. 
process wise. Um, so tell me about this. Is this a big question? Because I feel like the the I think what people think about people coming into the hobby right now. So the 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 very nostalgic driven. Uh, mature collectors and sports cards see the new people coming in and they think they're going to last for six months. They're going to last for a year. They're going to realize it's not easy to make money in cards and they're going to leave. What is your response to that? Maybe what are you seeing in terms of turnover inside of your groups over the last few years? And tell me kind of what your take is on just the longevity of people coming into the hobby. Hmm. That's, um, that's a good question. So, uh, I don't think you can necessarily lo uh, lose on a card. I, I would think of it more like an investment portfolio. So, you know, like, let's say compared to stocks, you know, you could have like shares of Apple, you want to diversify your portfolio, you could have some crypto, uh, Citigroup, Tesla, all that stuff. So it's the same thing when it comes to cards, you could want to, you know, purchase um, different sports to see how the transition might go in a couple of even years. I don't think you could even necessarily lose on cards that much unless something happens to the player. And I only see the market getting bigger and bigger every day. You see it from what perspective getting bigger? The the number of people entering the hobby or just... Yep, more, more people entering the hobby, correct. Especially like goes back to the sneaker community. A lot of them are sports fans and it's it's getting a big transition where I think they're here to maybe even stay and do like a second thing. Got it. Okay. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's one of those catch-22s, right? I mean, people, because the way I look at it is people that are using bots to get product, I mean, they're just becoming a the new the new form of a dealer to a certain yeah. extent, right? They're grabbing Correct. the product and they're dealing it out. It's it's obviously more expensive because they're marking it up more, but what does that do to singles? It drives up singles prices. It yep. kind of filters out the mad rush of product hitting the market. So that's like another th point I wanted to cover in terms of pro from all the people entering. I do think that individual card price will increase in terms of sell yeah. during the se during the you know basketball season. You think that because product is being scooped up and it's it's more expensive and harder for people to access. And more more people are entering the hobby with um with capital and they are sports fans. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, when, when you see new people coming into your group and you say coming in with capital, like, give me an example of that. Like someone comes in and says, hey, I want to drop 20,000 bucks on cards. Help me direct these funds. Is that a typical? Right. Um, I had never had 20,000, but I did have some people, you know, with like a couple thousand or, and they kind of asked me like, what do you suggest I invest? And then I kind of, okay, so like, you know, we got the budget down. Like, what's your sport? You know, if, uh, so I'm mainly the basketball guy, a little bit of football, no damn near nothing about soccer or baseball. <laughs> um, so I have staff, which covers that as well as Pokemon. Um, so, you know, we try to diversify the market and, you know, tell them like, look, okay, they say I come out with this much money. Um, I'm looking to drop money on a card. Okay. I, I go, tell me like, how much are you willing to risk? How much are you willing to hold it for? If they tell me, you know, I'm willing to hold it for like four to six, uh, you know, four to six months. I kind of tell like, you know, until the next season, um, my team and I would kind of console and be like, all right, look, so you may want to get like um, already like rated um, like a 
even like a KD card. KD cards are cheap right now. Um, or a Kyrie, those kind of guys, or even like a Tatum. So in the off season, the market always drops. So as of right now, I'm telling my group guys, like, you know, don't be scared to put money into cards right now because I do think it will be worth it in terms of playoffs next year or even the all-star games and all that stuff. Got it. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. It could be really, really exciting if uh, all things align next year. Uh, dude, this is fascinating. This is really informative stuff. I think people that are listening are probably going to, this is going to be the first time they hear about a lot of these terms, the cook groups, the monitors, the bots. It's very overwhelming when you hear it talked about. Thanks for clearing up a lot of this stuff. Tell, tell yeah, me a little bit about what you collect, man. Tell me, tell me about what, uh, uh what you all right. About. So, um, I'm mostly basketball right now in terms of I'm willing to hold until the mid season all-star game. Or, or even if I think so, we've seen it in football. Uh, prices do spike extremely high before preseason, uh-huh. and then you know they slowly transition up as it goes into playoffs. So I think we kind of see the same like growth every year, where you know it goes really high in playoffs, and then once they're out of the playoffs, their card drops, and then it keeps slowly increasing once again when they're in the playoffs, and then drops every year. Um, so I'll kind of give you. Um, I try to, hmm. I'm investing right now heavy into young talent since okay. I am, I, I am young right now. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, it's, it's something that I'm willing to sit on for a bit, heavily uh-huh. invested in, into Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I bought like maybe six of his cards raw. I sent off to PSA. Um, I scooped up, oh, um, for anyone listening, get on John Wall cards. You guys will thank me later. Um, So John Wall cards are very cheap right now. He doesn't have a prism because he he was a rookie in Mm 10-11. But he has the rookie um, Donruss and he has Prestige. Mm -hmm. And his cards are selling at about $10 right now, raw. And there are no PSA 9s or any PSAs for those cards on eBay. So very low pop. Like it. Yeah, and I do. I I saw you a YouTube video recently, um, which kind of like so John Wall he got injured last season, uh-huh. and in an interview he kind of talked about like, hey guys, like honestly I've been playing through injuries my whole life, and if you think I was balling out, like we we forget this guy's a five time All Star. Yep. And you, you know you're buying someone who's been a five time All Star at the end of the day. And he was like in the video, I, you saw him literally putting up buckets against like Kyrie Irving, uh, John Moran, you know, all these like big time guys. So I think him and the Wizards are slept on this year. Uh, there you go. Another hot take. Uh, for yeah. those that are wondering, it's the Prestige 2010. I think it's card 150 or 151. Goes for about uh, eight one, bucks, PSA 10. One, the one I suggested is, I believe, number 199. Number 199. He has three variations of it. Uh, two of them are in the practice jersey. And then one of them is if him in the actual Wizards jersey, which I believe is called, called number 199. There you go. Yeah, all you have to do is go to eBay and type John Wall PSA 10 rookie, and you'll realize like there's literally no cards available for him. <laughs> You're seeing it yourself, right? What's that? You're seeing it yourself. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, this is four cards. Four cards. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. That's nuts. That's nuts. Roman, I'm fact checking you live. 
awesome. you're talking. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, okay, good stuff, man. Yeah, it's good. Uh, John Wall, I don't know if you know my background, but for the last three years, I've been talking up Michael Porter Jr., not because I'm telling people to go invest in him, but because I'm a Mizzou Tiger guy. Ah. And I, uh, I, I know his family in Columbia, one of the best dudes ever. And uh, oh, wow. I've, got, I've got quite a few cards of Michael Porter Jr., just to say that. <laughs> um, another thing that my group does is we do call-outs. So I try to do a call-out every day, and it's kind of basically like, you know, I run down the market, I run down the pop, um, and just like based on an- analytics, I kind of tell like, listen, guys, I think you should buy him, hold him for, you know, this long, and then kind of this is his expected sell value. Um, so yesterday, I even gave you an example. We did a call out on um, Jason Tatum. So his PSA cards, uh, PSA 9 during the playoffs were selling for around 250 260 and now it's down. We had a, a person in our group pick it up at uh, like 177 wow. after like taxes and fees. So, yeah, it dropped. And I, unless Jason Tatum has like a career-ending injury, this guy's young. He's going to keep balling out. And he might even be a hold, you know, like a, a very good price. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So call-outs, yet another, another uh, benefit, if you will, of your cook yeah. group. If you want, I could even give you like the rundown of all of the callouts we've done done on players. I don't know if it's going to be beneficial. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. I think you got to you got to whet the appetite. If folks want to jump in and see what you're doing, I, I think you should uh, let them come and be surprised themselves. Yep. Um, all right. So real quick, let's. I got a little rapid fire. Some questions for you at the end here. Just have some fun, and then uh, you can tell people where to find you, and we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Sound good? Awesome. Yep. Sounds well, great. Tell me what your favorite Netflix series is of all time. Uh, the Office. Okay. Love The Office. Uh, awesome. Um, how old were you when it first came out then? So it came out about 10. So you were probably, what, eight or nine? Crazy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, what player would you want to spend the day with if you could pick one? Any sport? Uh, Draymond Green. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. Funny guy. I like it. That's an interesting one there. Um, okay. What's your favorite class you've ever taken, high school or college? Mm, good. Oh, uh, psychology. Psychology? Yep. High school or college? Uh, high school. I took – it was a college class, which I took in high school. Why Why'd you like psychology so much? I'm curious. It's um, – I, I – for me, it related heavy to marketing because yeah. I'm like a marketing guy and it's kind of like you kind of see how people think and how they interact. And if you just like understand that, it makes everything a lot more easier. Mm. Right on. Cool. Uh, all right. Last, last question. What's the most exotic place you've ever been to in the world? Oh, Dubai. Dubai. Yeah. Would you recommend someone go visit Dubai? Uh, I mean, I don't want to like, I'm, I wasn't a fan. Why is that? It's too much. Um, like I wouldn't, it's not authentic. Ah, so, you know, kind of every, everything there is just basically built on oil money. And they're saying like, Hey, you know, this country has this, let's make it better. And it's kind of like, it doesn't have like the nature. It's just like a, a sand desert. Wasn't a huge fan. Uh, I 
I do advise if anyone wants to even travel in a budget, go to Thailand. Thailand was beautiful and by far one of the my favorite places I've visited. I, I can vouch for that, man. I've been there multiple times. And oh, I think really? well, the thing about Thailand is their beaches are actually very underrated. They have some oh, great dude, beaches. One of the best. Oh, it was, I, I, I need to go back. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully their, uh, their border opens up soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, good stuff, man. All right. So, so Roman, where can folks find you? Okay. So you guys could check out our website at cardsnipers.com. That's C-A-R-D-S-N-I-P-E-R-S.com. Um, you know, we have a link there to join the Discord. You could check that out. And you could also uh, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Just Card Snipers. Just Card Snipers. All right. Good stuff, man. Hey, I love your story. I appreciate the transparency. It was, uh, it was a pleasure having you on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Hey, you got it. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. Oh my goodness, hopefully you enjoyed the conversation and left a little bit more educated about what's happening in the underworld of the sports card buyer and bots uh, industry. Whether you like it or not, the monitors, the cook groups, the bots, the call-outs, the drops, all that stuff is happening. It is just happening. And uh, my objective today was to educate you and allow you to have a more sophisticated conversation and understanding about that world. All right? Enjoy your week. Be sure to check back next week with another really fun interview. I can't wait for you to see who we're talking to in next week's episode. Have a great weekend. See ya.